we start off this podcast. Sweet. Let's uh let's overkill it. What key? Um how about let's just do C. Alright. Alright. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Like one, six, four, five? Let's do it. Alright, here we go. Two, three, four. <laughs> stuff uh because i think every every piano player when they first started you know uh was, was doing you know just just these obnoxious rhythmical you know yeah hey so we're here we're uh we're doing some piano stuff piano workshop part two hear many pianos in latin music ah you do you hear pianos in latin music but not like what the not the not the latin music that they play on the radio around here oh see well that's because you're in washougal <laughs> all right that's your problem like 93.1 <laughs> not happening no it's trumpets and guitars uh, yeah. <laughs> which is really funny i gotta which you have a story you have to tell too before we get too far into this oh, episode right, my, but um, my story oh. back at my back at uh you know how how it's like the cool thing when you're in high school to play your music really loud when you're driving around town, right? Yeah. You get subwoofers and you know and rattle the windows out of your car and stuff like that and make your mirrors fall off. You know, and yeah, that's that's what you hear. So that that happened all the time at our last house we lived up in uh, Longview. up in Longview. But what was even funnier was there were also some uh, some Latina folk that lived uh, down the street. And they would drive down, the high school kids would drive down the street playing that music really loud. So every once in a while, we'd hear, you know, we'd hear this, and then like two minutes later, it'd be like, and then trumpets. It's kind of a contrast there. Yeah, that's kind of fun. So you got to tell us your story. Oh, I've gosh, been just yeah. waiting anxiously. I know. I, I forgot. To, I forgot to tell it last. Tell yeah, I forgot to tell it last episode. Um, I, I told David when I walked in. I'm like, man, I got a story to tell. Totally unrelated with music. Has nothing to do with worship. Has nothing to do with piano. But it's something that that ha- I've been living with for like the last couple of days, and just so frustrating. All right, it, it's funny, but it's frustrating all at the same time. And I just want to vent. Do do I have permission to vent? Can I sure. vent? All right. I do it all the time. <sighs> so. Here we go. Okay, so 
so when Melanie and I got married, we uh, we went to Hawaii for our honeymoon. Had a great time. You know, that was six years ago. And we've always talked about going back to Hawaii. But, you know, it's kind of expensive uh, flying there. Yeah, and, and everything's expensive there. Everything's kind so of... So I hear. I've never been there, but it, I it, hear. It's great. I mean, we had an awesome time. And the only reason we were able to go is because it was our honeymoon and we kind of budgeted for it, you know. And we really haven't we really haven't gone a whole lot of places since then. Time and money and, you know, kids and a family and whatnot. So we've always talked about, gosh, you know, one day we just got to go back to Hawaii. We got to go back. And, um, you know, it's been in the back burner. So about a week ago, we get a call from, you know, this company that's doing like timeshares, you know. Uh, It's like a timeshare company. And we're not interested in timeshares. sales pitch. We're not interested in timeshares. But they said, hey, if you come to our spiel, if you come to our, our sales pitch, you know, you can get uh, two free airline tickets anywhere. And we're like, oh, my gosh, that that might be what we're looking for. Um, and so I started getting all excited, and I went online, and, you know, I, I found this hotel in uh, in Oahu uh, right there on Waikiki Beach. You know, I got this, like, I, I found this hotel, this smoking great deal, man, 65 bucks a night for a hotel, you know, just like a block away from Waikiki Beach. I mean, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And I'm just getting pumped. I'm excited, all right? Anyway, and, and I also recognize that that these, you know, these airline tickets, you know, I mean, there's always some kind of, like, catch or whatever. You know, if, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So, you can so, only fly on the fifth Tuesday. So, so I, I started, I started doing, I started doing some research on, on the actual, you know, on the actual incentive. And I called up like the company and I, and I was asking these questions. I'm like, so are there blackout dates? Are there fees? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you know, there's a $50 processing fee per person. You know, you, you, you know, you can't, you can't go within a major holiday. And, you know, so she's telling me, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can live with that. There's, you know, there there's some restrictions and whatever. I understand that. It's better than paying full price. So we go to the timeshare deal on Tuesday. This is just a couple days ago. We go to the speech, you know, and of course that if you've ever if you if you've ever been to a <laughs> if you've ever been to a timeshare speech, I mean, it's, was it Trend West? Uh, no, uh, oh, okay. Vacation International. Okay. I mean, they, man, they, they have, know their stuff. They have every every sales trick in yeah. the book i mean it's insane even so hilarious mel and i just started cracking up afterwards um in the middle of of like the the speech you know like when you're doing the one-on-one consultation the guy's like trying to show you what a great deal it is mm-hmm. and you know if you sign up right now we'll take ten thousand dollars off the price and yeah. but it's only for today if you leave here you'll never get this chance again <laughs> in the middle of that whole thing this guy comes up and he's like hey i just talked with my boss and normally we never do this but for the first person the first person in this in this room today who signs up for a, for a, one of our one of our timeshares we're going to give you a free cruise now we never do this all right but you know what it's a small group and my boss gave me the okay and i might get fired later but i want to give it to you i mean it's just it's insane Did you say i don't need a cruise it's in my name yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry bravo bravo david so Anyway, we do the whole spiel. It takes about two hours, and, you know, no, 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 we're not interested. Just please give us our tickets, you know. We, we finally get out of there, and, and, and uh, you know, they, they, they give you, like, the, the little – it's like this little voucher form that you fill out and you send in. And I'm reading all the fine prints, okay? 
And and the, uh, all right, here we go. Are you are you ready? All right, this is where I just I start. I'm, I'm getting mad. I, I'm I'm already I'm fumbling over my words. <laughs> I'm getting agitated. All right, here we go. So so it talks about the the destination anywhere. You know, two complimentary airline tickets, and, and then it says subject to terms and conditions. Uh oh. And I'm thinking, okay, terms and conditions. What are they? I'm looking through the whole thing. They're not listed anywhere of there. Of course not. And, and, and so I'm looking. Well, maybe there's a number I can call. There's no number. Well, mm-hmm. maybe there's a website I can call. There's no website. Nope. So I finally, I, I, I go home. I get on my computer. I go to Google, and I type in uh, the name of the company, Grand Incentives. Mm-hmm. And after uh, going to their website, there's no number on their website. No. So then what I do is I started going to some forums, and I started getting, reading some reviews, and, and I, I, uh, I find the number by going to some other people who had to go to all the work to find the number. Mm-hmm. So I call the number in the morning, and here are your two complimentary airline tickets. Okay, here's what you do. First, you mail them the voucher with your, your name, and then in 7 to 14 days, they will mail you a registration form. Once you receive the registration form, <laughs> then you, you send them a copy of your license. You send them the, uh, the $50 processing fee, which would be $100, 50 per person. Uh, and then you have to send it by via certified mail. And, and it has to be sent via money order. Can't be a check. Mm-hmm. It has to be a postal money order sent certified mail. And then once they receive the registration form in 7 to 14 days, they will then mail you, um, they will then mail you a planning form. And then on the planning form, you have to write down three dates, possible dates, that you would like to go on this trip. Each date has to be 30 days from each other, so you can't you can't put three dates back to back. <laughs> so it has to be 30 days from the last date, and it can't be any it can't be any sooner than 90 days from when you mail the voucher. So it has to be 90 days from the day that you mail the planning form, three dates, 30 days apart. Uh, it ha- you have to leave on a Tuesday. You, you have to fly out on a Tuesday. You can't return it on a Sunday. Once you mail them your planning form, uh, they will then contact you in two to three weeks to let you know which, if any, of those dates are available. Uh, they will then put you on whatever available flight they can find, uh, meaning that, you know, probably a red-eye flight. Uh-huh. Uh, and the best part of all is you're responsible for all taxes and fees, uh, <laughs> which range from $115 to $185 per person for all airline taxes and fees. So, so now... So our two complimentary airline tickets, essentially we can't, you know, if we were to do them, we wouldn't be able to use them for about four to five months. So we're looking at about November. Mm -hmm. Uh, So November, uh, but not not Thanksgiving, can't be within seven days of a holiday. And and so now our two complimentary airline tickets are costing us uh, about 230 per person. (laughs) So we're looking at $460 so we can have like this super lame red-eye flight that leaves on a Tuesday in four months. For free tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Free. 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 At the price of? At the price of, yeah. Not free. At the price of 400 and 460 bucks. So they're not going to pay for free plane tickets. Man. So anyway, that, that was a huge bummer because we were super excited about Hawaii and, um, go on Priceline. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, that's my frustration. So if you, if you ever get a call about timeshare and they tell you about two free airline tickets, I mean, I'm telling you, don't, don't believe them. No, don't believe them because 
I mean, they literally make it as hard as they possibly can. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, see, for us, we, we did the same thing. We went to a, a Trend West thing, and they're just a, another company. They don't do timeshares. They have, you know, like condo hotels that you can, you know, you get so many points that you can use through Vacation the year. ownership. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what this was too, but I call it timeshare because, yeah. I mean, essentially that's kind of what you're doing. I mean, yeah, they, they say this is different than timeshare. This is vacation ownership, you know. Mm-hmm. This, this is yours to own. Whatever. So ours was, ours was a free trip to like to one of their their units and we were going to go to victoria bc something or other and same thing same nightmare of trying to come up with three days you know 30 days from each other and just it was just impossible did did you did you end up going no yeah and and that's the thing like i think they they purposely do it so when you sit down and look at it you're like gosh it's not worth it because i mean i don't know four months from now if I'm gonna be able to go, like I know, I know in a couple months I'll be able to go. Yeah. Like I know at the end of August I'll be able to go to Hawaii, <laughs> but that's not even an option. Right. You know, it has to be 90 days, and that's 90 days from when you get the planning form after all the the rigmarole of. Uh, anyway, and so be warned. Be warned. Be warned. You know, my thought is, man, if you have to pay like 460 bucks for for the processing fees and all the mm-hmm. taxes and airline fees. You might as well spend a couple hundred more and get like real tickets, you know. At a normal hour. At a normal, yeah. On a real airline. <laughs> on, on a, yeah, and and that goes when you want to, not yeah. four months from now. Right. Uh, frustrating. So anyway, those are a couple stories. That's We're my talking story. piano. Piano. Last uh, last time we we got you introduced piano. to the concept of piano. This time we're taking a little bit deeper. We're not going to give you the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> We want to go deeper. But uh, we're going to give you a little bit more. Last time I mentioned a free resource, um, jazzpianoteacher.co.uk. Again, the guy's kind of dry to listen to, but he's he's giving you good information. Definitely worth listening to. He get, he does. It's actually, if you use it, if you treat it like an actual piano lesson, it can be an actual piano lesson. Mm. It's just not sitting right there. But you know, he'll play some. He'll do some cool things which may not be possible and. And you know, a real piano lesson where he'll play some, he'll he'll give you some, uh, Im, you know, some improv music where he'll just play, lay down some stuff, and you can try and improv over top of what he's doing and nice. stuff like that. So it's a it's a good resource. But nice. anyway, so this time we're going to take it a little bit further with uh, with what we what we can do here. So yeah. So last time we talked about keeping it simple, chord notes. You know, changing your your uh, just your standard major chords. Uh, let me grab the keyboard here. Changing those from you know, just normal like one three five to like seconds one two five. You know, just something mm-hmm. really simple that that hopefully you know every piano player can kind of embrace. Uh, learning how to do it in different keys uh, by by understanding the way that chords work, understanding the way that you know uh, you got your one chord, your four chord. Uh, so being able to do that in you know whatever key you want, the key of E, one and four. So today though, um, we want to, like David said, go a little bit deeper, uh, get to, into some, maybe some advanced techniques. Let me find my pedal here. So one thing I want to mention while Kevin's getting situated is this idea that we brought up a little bit last time about space. And it's not, you know, we don't we we want to leave space, you know, by not playing, 
but we also want to create space when we're playing. So, and by space, I'm not talking about, um, you know, a, a great big difference, but everybody playing in and they kind of their own um, octave or whatever, you know, kind of in their own EQ space, if you will. Mm. So, for instance, the bass player stays down at the bottom of the keyboard. Maybe the, uh, maybe the electric is kind of in the middle. And if he's in the middle, then as a keyboard player, you don't want to be playing in the same octave. So, you know, if he's playing this, like we did um, endlessly mm. a couple weeks ago. And so we had electric player. He's playing right in the beat of the keyboard. So he's doing that little thing. And so, like, he's right where I want to be. So, so then I have to go up. If I'm going to do do anything, I have to get way up out of what he's playing. Otherwise, for one, as a, you know, for the reason for playing is, you know, you want to be heard, right? Mm -hmm. If, if you want people to hear you, then, then, then you'll, you'll want to be heard. You, you want to add something. Yeah. You don't want to just make it muddy. So if you, if you want to have a chance at being heard, you have to get out of the way of what other people are doing. So. So you have to listen and hear kind of what octave, you know, what range they're playing in and not play there. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's a way to create space. And I've been uh, meeting with this guy a little bit, and he's been, kind of been uh, showing me the ropes of some of the secular music that's out there because I was raised in a Christian home and only listened to Christian music. And so now I don't know what any of the good music is that most people have listened to by this point in their lives. And so I'm trying to get caught up. And... Um, so he's playing me this stuff, and uh, oh, what's this guy's name? Gary Moore, <laughs> playing. Uh, he's talking about you know the music. A lot of the music that we listen to, a lot of a lot of contemporary stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of the instruments do play in that mid tone frequency, and so it, it gets like this, like you're just blasted with this with this frequency range of only about an octave and a half, you know, mm. in contemporary music. So I'm listening to this Gary Moore thing, and everybody's playing in their own space, right? Everybody is spread way out in, in the tonal spectrum. And yeah. I was able, I'm able to crank this music to full blast in my car and not feel like I'm getting my face blasted off, right? I, and so it's like, wow, what a concept. If, we're, if we can all play in our own space, mm. then, we, then we can all have this room. We're not stepping on each other's territory. And we can, we can crank up the volume and give people an actual experience where they're feeling the music without being offended by blasting and, their face off. And I think along with that, when you create space, you are creating, in essence, movement and dynamics you know, you're you're creating. Um, so it's not just you know, everyone's just blasting. You know, full blown the entire song. I mean, you can't listen to that. I mean, maybe you can, but it gets a little obnoxious. Yeah. And um, you, you know, there there's so much value. The the more that I the more that I've been in worship leadership, the more value I've realized. You know. Um, I, I just don't need to play sometimes or the guitars need to play or the drums, you know, mm-hmm. just tell, helping people understand you don't have to play. And so a great example of that, um, you know, l- let's say like that song Mighty to Save. Um, so so uh, w- what I'll do oftentimes is on the beginning of this, I'll kind of start off with this, um, you know, like this little intro, uh, kind of almost like a, a piano-driven intro. So the whole band's in. It, it's rocking pretty hard, but it's got this little kind of syncopated pattern. 
you know, so see the the drums are going nice and soft. You know, drums are in, everyone's in, and then we get to the end of that intro. I mean, that's really all I'm playing at, at that point. And it's so cool, like, coming out of this really intense intro where everyone's just like, do, do, got to, do, got, got to, do, do, got to, do. Everyone's in, and then it just kind of dies. It dies down to, like, just basically drums, drums and bass a little bit when I'm doing it, and just, it just drops down. And, you know why that's so cool? Why? Because as worship music, the whole point you know, most you know, ninety percent of the time, the point is to get the congregation to sing. Yeah, the point is the the singing, and the words and the melody that the yeah. people are singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's no room for people to feel like they can sing and right. hear themselves sing right. and and hear people around them sing and be part of a big body that's singing the same thing, then they won't. Right. And so, so yeah, it's cool. It's it's awesome for instrumentals and for intros to do this big thing and to have this big full sound. And this and you you obviously want to use dynamics and build into the chorus and mm-hmm, bridge mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But but you want to you want people to be able to sing and to feel like they can hear themselves sing and like they can hear the people around them singing right. so that they're not singing a solo. Well, and, and, and you know what? Gosh, what a difference that that song, you know, it, it would just have a whole different feel, you know, like in a bad way if 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 you were to just keep playing all intense on that verse you know so if you were to just you know coming out of that intro Very compassionate. Yeah, I I don't feel it. I don't feel the compassion. I need it though. Yeah. Everyone needs it. Yeah, you know, but given that space. Give me some compassion, please. You know, and then of course, you know, it can build and and you you start you start building it up, you start bringing up uh um what's a needs to the hope of nation. You can start to build it up. And you know what we actually do? We drop it down and just guitar right here. So this is just guitar right there. Again, another kind of dynamic, a chance to let everyone in the congregation congregation sing that part out, you know? And uh, and then, you know, back into the intro. G, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we do this a little lower because it's okay. so high. Yeah. You know, yeah. It didn't sound quite right. Yeah, because it, it's, uh, it's originally, it was written in A. It's originally written in A. And um, and I, I actually like the way A sounds better. Like, A is a brighter key, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way A sounds better, but every time we sing it, you know, it's just, you know, shine, you know, when you got to that part, you know, uh, shine a light and let the whole world see. Singing for the glory, you know. Not not everyone in the congregation can quite, uh, <laughs> you know. It, 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 
Yeah, it, it, it becomes a little bit. D. Yeah, which isn't really that high. I mean, yeah. their song's higher than that, but it, it just it just felt more natural in in G. Plus, we uh, we oftentimes combine it into the the song The Stand, um, which I do in the key of G also. Originally, Stand was written in the key of C, but that's that's insanely high. That's just like impossible to sing. It's like so, boy choir high. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, if you were to do that, um, will that be in key of C? Um, It's a little up there, so we, we bring it down and be That's more single. That's Darlene Czech high. Yeah, she likes to sing there. way up there, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is she's an alto, uh, <laughs> but but some of the songs she's written have been... Yeah, she just likes to scream. Wow! Which, hey, some people do well. Scream and it. make money at. Scream like it. <laughs> uh, so, getting back to it, point, point being, yeah, like... It's all that. It's musically given it space. It is giving the congregation a chance to sing. Um, it's creating dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so important. So good uh, to to let that let that just sit to let it percolate a little bit. So let's try a little bit of a. I don't care what song, but um, something. As a piano player, as a keys player, one of the things you'll often be called on to do is some kind of a pad mm. like i'm doing a string pad or a synth pad i'm not a huge fan of this pad but hey it's it's it'll work for uh for what we're gonna do it'll serve our purposes but um same basically the same concepts apply but at a further at a bigger extreme so uh keeping it simple is not just key if you don't keep it simple you'll be largely unsuccessful and asked to never play again. Um, <laughs> Don't come back. That's what they'll say. So so we're talking octaves and fifths, and but mainly just like one one to two notes at a time. Sustain, yeah, that's Long. as a as a string player, as as someone who's playing, you know, just background, uh, you know, you don't want a lot of movement, especially when you're on the strings. You want to just let that note just sing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you want to give an example of that? Sure. You want to play something? I'll, yeah. I'll do my best at a, at a pad here. Okay. Um, what, what's a good song for that? I don't know. Enough. Enough? Enough song? Yeah. What key? G. G?
and and so I mean, David made a great point of just letting letting notes sustain, you know, holding it, you know, having little movements. You know, when when I when I play uh, backup strings, um, I'll I'll throw in those seven notes all the time. So you know, <laughs> we're in the key of G here, and uh, so our our seventh note will be an F sharp. That note right there. So you know, I'll I'll do that a lot. Where I'll just let the you know. sevenths a lot that's you can as a as a string player <laughs> you can you can you can bring out some of those sweet parts of the chord that don't get really accented a lot of the times mm. and other things but as a keys player you can do that too so uh maybe we should talk about about the shell concept yeah a little bit um so you were talking you started to talk about inversions a little bit was it the last one? Yep, the last about one. playing playing inversions. But uh, one of the things is th- that uh, that we can also do is to uh, to really back out all the notes except the 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 notes that give the chord its character, its right. flavor, whatever you want to give call it. Give it the meat. Yeah, and so so you don't you know as a I got to find that piano sound again. Um, you were talking about you know doing seconds. But if you're if you're playing if you're playing uh, you know, like a C seven to play that whole right the whole chord you know if you're playing totally solo by yourself you know you can get away with a little bit more but but the first thing you want to do is what back out the third just bring it down to that yeah so so now I'm just playing the the root which somebody else would probably be covering the root the seventh and the fifth. Mm got kind of a nice ring yeah. to it the other thing i would do is is i would just play play maybe the third and the seventh i don't know that might be wrong but sounds good but uh sounds good to to my well, ears. especially in context i mean yeah. you know if you were to do something like where you're going Anything that you can do, um, this is this is an, another thing that when I'm working with uh, piano students or doing like a piano workshop, um, I, I, I try to just let people know the less you can move, you know, the, the less you can jump around, I, I think the more holistic your sound will be. And it, what, what I just did right there is a great example. So, you know, David was talking about that, that um, voicing he's using. Uh, which is like, you know, it's a C major 7. Uh, so he's playing, you know, C in the, the left hand in the bass. And then he's got just the 3rd the and the 7, the E and the B right there. So so that voicing right there, uh, as a piano player, uh, if I'm doing like an intro or a hook or, or whatever, I'm going to try to keep what I'm playing in that same, that same zone and even just using the same note. So I can, even though the chord's moving... I can keep that same idea, so I can keep that, um, you know, and, 
and so instead of you know, I, I was playing C A minor G F, you know, or one six five four. So instead of doing something where I'm actually jumping around and going like you know, playing everything in the root position. Some people that that's where they have to start, and that's fine if you need mm-hmm. to start there. That's but, how guitar players start too. Yeah, you know that that's fine. Guitar if you need players to start don't there. start with inversions, right? But begin to a place where you can kind of utilize utilize your same voicings. And the great thing about piano, because it's so visual, I mean, you can really see how um, you know that one voicing we start off with will lend itself to every different you know chord you're using. nice little hook right there right in the beginning yeah kind of kind of what i do is uh you talked about doubling last time doubling the fifth yeah yeah yeah. so i double the fifth a lot and i start you know if i might start with the root and double the fifth the root chord the one chord because that kind of gives me like a home base that i don't have to move a lot Mm -hmm. to I can play yeah. just like the F2 and I'm doubling the two there. Yeah, see, and that that's a great sound chord right there. Yeah, and, I can and, play and here, an A minor seven without I can just I can yeah. keep those same three notes and without see, moving at all. And it's hard because, you know, as if you're listening to this, you can't really see exactly right. what we're doing. But you know what's great, I mean, David literally is barely even moving his hand, you know, and he's playing these beautiful chords that that give continuity to the entire song and they make the song more holistic so he's not jumping you know you know he's not jumping all over the place but these great voicings where just by doubling a couple of notes you know whether that's um you know doubling the the uh you know you're playing that nice open c chord you know so you're doubling that five in the bass you know you're getting that g chord or that g note in there and just letting that carry over you know so now you got that great f chord Oh yeah, you hear oh see that's just nice. Nice and open. Two, nine, whatever you want to call it. Right, boom. Yeah. Really good sound and stuff. One of the other things that, that I like to do using that that idea of I you know, doubling the fifth. It can really build some really thick chords without a whole lot of thickness, you know, without playing too much. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, this weekend we're doing an arrangement of a mighty fortress. Yeah. And so the first chord just to see the second chord is a D minor 11. Mm. Right? So mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were if you're going to play you know, if you're going to play every note, that's Yeah, it's a little tough to get all that in yeah, there, but, right? And all mm. I'm doing is I'm playing an F with the second you know, doubling the fifth on the F. Mm-hmm. So so that's got the seventh mm-hmm. and the eleventh in there. Nice. Uh, see, that's great. Yeah, that's so, great stuff. One of the things, and uh, this might be a really bad way for people to think of it, but it's how I think of it, is is I'll play. Um, I'll think of a chord. This is how it, this is what I, how I first started thinking of it, and I haven't been able to get away from it. Is I'll play a chord with a different note in the bass. So. Um, so if I'm wanting to play an E minor seven, what I do is I play a G major, and then the E in the bass, and then the E in the bass, right? Which 
nine. It's essentially, it's a G minor, E minor seven. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so, but that's that that opened up my mind to different to different ways because I didn't have you know like a jazz piano teacher teaching me how to come up with the with the right voicing. So right. I started thinking of it that way. Yeah. Which, which then I could. So, I don't know if that helps anybody, but that's just how I started thinking of it. Same thing for like an A minor, play a C. How about that? That's great. Yeah, and, and that can be a really helpful thing, you know, for, you know, not everyone, not everyone really connects with that kind of number system. For me, that number system really works, you know, assigning a number for each each uh, tone in the scale giving like you know a, a numeric value type of thing the but, earlier i think though the earlier you can tre- teach yourself and yeah. start getting that and a good habit would be to just go through you know on a weekend if you're if you're playing piano on on your worship team for the weekend to just go through your charts for that weekend and write the numbers above the chords totally and so that you can see you know so that while you're looking at the A, you're seeing the one. While you're looking at the D, you're seeing four. And while you're looking at the, you know, whatever, right. you know, you just go through the song. And, and pretty you know soon that. it becomes kind of second nature. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really how I, I I learned by just being thrown into it. You know, mm-hmm. I was um, uh, I was at this home Bible study. You know, we would do these uh, Friday night Bible studies, and we'd have just like an hour, hour and a half, maybe even two hours of worship. You know, and um. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the gal, uh, who was leading the whole thing, you know, she, she had just, you know, great heart, you know, loved, loved God, loved music, not a terribly good guitar player though. Um, and so, so she would always lead on guitar and, you know, I would kind of supplement cause she wasn't a good guitar player, but everything she had was like in the key of G or the key of E and, you know, all my charts were in different keys. So I had to like on the fly as we were playing, I had to transpose in my head and I had to learn how to do that. And it was so hard, but it was like one of the best things, you know. Right. It's one of the best things because it really forced me to like, you know, as I'm as I'm playing a song, you know, I'm playing a song in the key of G, and and looking at a chart that's in the key of D or or C or you know some other thing, mm-hmm. and just being able to just boom, pop pop right in there. Which is a goal I had. You know, I've mentioned this before, but I'd really like to teach all of our musicians to play by numbers. So then you just write the chart once. You're not you writing in a key. You write you write it with numbers, and then you say, "Well, this weekend we're going to do it in A." But you know, maybe you have you know a vocalist who's an alto, and you know, normally, it, what like a soprano sings it, but you need to lower it so that the alto can sing it for that Bring weekend. Like, hey, we're going to do it instead of A. We're going to drop it down to to E and see how that goes. And then instead of having to go like we were talking about last time, write a new chart or yep, go through yep. the song, tell everyone E B right, C sharp right minor. in these chords, please. Yeah. You can, everyone knows, Oh, well, you might, you know, might take them once or twice to get through and remember all the right chords, but it's at least, you know, you have that flexibility. Yeah. I love it. It's kind of like paint by numbers, except yeah. it's play by numbers. <laughs> So anyway, we are out of time. Oh gosh, has it already been a half hour? That's actually been more than that. Wow. Forty minutes. Yeah. No way. We are having way too much fun, yes. David. Music is too much fun. Oh, I love it. I love music. So anyway, we'll we will come back and do some more piano stuff in the future and get a little cool. bit more sophisticated or whatever. But uh, hopefully we've uh, given you a few ideas that you can implement into your worship playing. If you have some suggestions on playing keys or 
from a different perspective, like a guitarist perspective on what you like to hear and stuff like that, then uh, get in touch with us. You can find us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can email us to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can join our safe and secure social safe network. Safe and secure. Worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com. It is safe and secure. Yeah, we love to hear from you, so... Get in touch with us. Get in we'll touch talk with to us. you soon. And here to to end our session, a little bit of the fray. One of my favorite grooves. Over my head. Mm-hmm.